Welcome to this ASN Kidneys 360 podcast. I am Leonela Luzardo, Assistant Professor at the Nephrology Department at Hospital de Clínicas, Universidad de la República in Montevideo, Uruguay. I am joined by my colleague Oscar Novoa, Chair of the Nephrology Department. Hi Leonela, nice to be here. Today we will discuss our study entitled Substitution of Oral for Intravenous Cyclophosphamide in Membranous Nephropathy, published in Kidney 360 this September. Oscar, what was the research question? Our research question was to analyze whether patients with new onset membranous nephropathy treated with intravenous instead of orally cyclophosphamide had similar long-term efficacy and adverse effects. All patients received a six-month course of alternating monthly steroid plus cyclosophomate as described in the modified Ponticellin regimen. But cyclosophomate was administered intravenously instead of orally. Leonela, please describe our study population. We analyzed 55 patients with new onset membrane nephropathy who were treated with this protocol between 1990 and 2017. Of course, we exclude patients with evidence of secondary membranous nephropathy. On months 2, 4, and 6, we administered a single intravenous dose of cyclophosphamide on the first day of the month. It is important to highlight that none of the patients received a total cumulative dose of cyclophosphamide greater than 3 grams. It is approximately one quarter of the cumulative dose received by those patients treated with the oral regimen. Oscar, can you tell us what were the primary outcomes we observed? The primary outcome of the study was clinical remission, even partial or complete, two years after treatment. We found very encouraging results since more than 70% of the patients reached remission in those first 24 months. Remember that we analyzed 55 patients at two years, 23 of them were in complete remission, and 16 achieved partial remission. Another remarkable observation is that in the group that achieved partial remission, daily proteinuria dropped from 8 to 1 gram. Leonela will describe our secondary outcomes. The secondary outcomes include incidence of relapse, progression to end-stage kidney disease, and adverse events. The main strength of our study is the long follow-up period that allows us to assess the influence of the therapeutic intervention on kidney survival. Median follow-up was seven years, and the patient with the longest follow-up was kept under clinical control for 20 years. Two years after treat, relapse was observed in 7% of the patients, and if we consider the full follow-up time, 27% of the patients relapsed. Another important outcome is the incidence of end-stage renal disease, which was 11%. Oscar will describe the adverse events. None of the patients had significant hematological adverse effects, and only one developed a community-acquired pneumonia two weeks after the first cycle of ophthalmized dose. He required hospital admission, but when the infection improved, the treatment was successfully completed. Three patients were diagnosed with cancer, but none of them related to the urotelium. We want to emphasize that we observed a long period of time between the first cyclosophomide intravenous dose and the oncologic diagnosis. Three and 11 years for two patients with skin cancer and seven years for a patient with multiple myeloma. Our final question is, how do the outcomes with this protocol 
compared to previous reports using oral cycles of light from membranous nephropathy. Intravenous cyclophosphamide has the advantage of a significantly lower cumulative dose without losing efficacy. This is a real-world experience that provides relevant and useful information and can work as a hypothesis generation study. Substitution of oral with low-dose intravenous cyclophosphamide in the modified Ponticelli regime seems as an effective, safe, and affordable treatment for patients with membranous nephropathy. Of course, prospective control trials comparing different doses and routes of cyclophosphamide in membranous nephropathy are needed, but this seems to be a suitable option, especially in countries where access to new treatment strategies are not yet universally warranted. Thanks for joining us for this Kidney 360 podcast. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the American Society of Nephrology.